0: Clear. We are the weirdos. I oh,
1: am god. What? I tried to warn her. Happy hello, Tyrion friends. It's me. Hi, I'm your co-host. It's me, Sam Weinman.
0: And it's me, Jordan Cruciola. Happy happy Halloween to you as well, Sam. I like it. <laughs> I
1: like it. You know, there's there's just no limit uh to the amount of puns uh that To you the amount can...
0: of portmanteaus we can do with the odds.
1: And they're also clever.
0: Mm Hmm. Bot's Pod is really It just It's really served itself up
1: God Bot's Pod Really (laughs) Was For those of you Who didn't see the uh, Our Friday the 13th Jason X Crossover Mm -hmm. With the Bot's Pod Mm -hmm. Uh with Margot Carlson, which yeah. is, by the way, the, that doubles, they are some of my favorite episodes we've done. It's what so fun. a joy to listen it's, to. It's,
0: it's, I'm so glad we did that. I mean, we always knew that Jason X would be the first Jason we talked about, but that was the real best case scenario.
1: And I think regardless of the fact that Margot was one of my favorite guests that we've had, mm-hmm. I think that just the pun of bots pod <laughs> and just combining it it's means right that there. we will absolutely need a follow-up episode in season four. Or wait, what season, season are we in? Season 5. Four? We're in season 4 five. now. So, now's a good time to let you know, friends, I am recovering from a concussion. This is yeah. my first uh this is my first recording since it's been a few weeks, so I'm doing a lot better, but I still confuse some very easy words. Uh, it might it's happen a traumatic
0: a lot. brain injury, so that makes sense.
1: Yep. So, listen, if I got to take a little break at some point or um if I switch the words Halloween Christmas and Christmas again, like I keep doing a lot. That's mm-hmm. just that's just gonna be a thing. Yeah, that's okay. Um, but my it's my hope, right, that it's gonna come off as like like finding Nemo endearing and, and not like <laughs> horrific to people at home. Like, what is he doing?
0: Well, we did <laughs> do an entire episode where you re-recorded your own track as like a commentary on the vocal track. So
1: listen, we've, we do anything here. We've
0: done Stranger Things in the past.
1: Speaking of Stranger Things, I need to give you. I told you the other day. That I received a package. It was a 2000s gift box. But not like 2000s Nostalgia Candy. But like I opened it up and it had like a copy of Crossroads. That, yeah. You know, which is uh, Britney Spears' movie on DVD that is just out of print and not available for streaming. It had like Spice Girls temporary tattoos. But I want to show you the the prize, like the, the jewel in it. Because I you can actually see me right now. Uh-huh. The very biggest thing I got was this Mandy Moore doll. <laughs> and I need you to see because this is how ridiculous it is.
0: Sam got a Mandy Moore doll that is in in packaging. It's in its packaging.
1: It was a concussion present. So thank you.
0: Do we Did this so come out the then part, first wave of Mandy?
1: Um, Yeah, you can tell because it says, wear this arm tie just like me. And when yeah. you look, she's wearing that crazy arm tie, which the reason I bring it up is because we talked about... Her and that look in uh, in one of our previous episodes. And so I was just so happy that like there is a doll memorializing this look specifically. um I, I could not be more overjoyed. I brought it when I when I brought it home and my roommate looked at it and she said, I had that in my eBay cart for you. Listen,
0: oh, my God.
1: I guess I was just meant to have this doll one way or another, friends. You
0: really you really were. Is it going to come out of the packaging? Or Absolutely. Is it well, I need to try that. Packaging. Are
1: you kidding? I need to wear that armband just like her.
0: Well, then you should tell Jules to still get that for you so you can have one that you can keep in the packaging. <laughs>
1: okay. Like a
0: real collector.
1: The other thing I need to just show you and our and our viewers, and by viewers I mean listeners, uh, this is the uh, Celebrity Style Guide, Teen People. Let me just mm-hmm. read you.
0: What Let's year? What year is that Celebrity Style Guide from Teen in, People?
1: Crucial information. It doesn't have it stamped on the front, so let me just like check out Copyright. Nope. Well, okay. Actually, let me just read you who their favorite people are, so that way you can, um, you can be the judge. Okay.
0: This is, this box was comprehensive, you guys. The photo he sent of this was like unbelievable. Clearinghouse of two thousands paraphernalia.
1: Teen people's all time favorite style icons: Lindsay Lohan, mm. Free Spirit; mm. Jessica Simpson, feminine and flirty; Beyonce, yeah. high glamour. Jennifer
0: Aniston, Malibu, cool. You know what? Most I don't. I'm not Lin, the Lindsay Freeze. Sp- honestly, all these things might be enduringly true. The, Lindsay's the just over living in fucking Dubai right now. Like Lindsay's doing I mean, her. What a free thing. spirit!
1: Listen, team people, doing the real reporting for us. But here's the one I'm gonna I I that I'm gonna bring into question. Gwen Stefani, true original oh <laughs> have you have you even be how do you even begin to talk about gwen stefani's style it's hard that not is, to that is well that's a
0: good question
1: true it's hard <laughs> not to be overshadowed by four fashion obsessed japanese dancers when you're performing on stage but gwen who draws inspiration from the young hyper stylish girls in tokyo's harajuku district could oh never God. be outshined <laughs> tell me that's not the most loaded and embarrassing sentence
0: Oh, my God. (laughs) That is, because, like, that is exactly how we felt at the time. Like that, like no, like no one's, no one's ever done it. Like, like look at this incredible.
1: and original. True. Yeah.
0: Like never the word pastiche. Of course, never the word appropriation. Never Never the name of her
1: dancers. Just that they're obsessed with fashion. Just that they're obsessed with fashion.
0: And she like pulls them around on strings. I And it is,
1: it is both horrific and shocking. It is. The normal, the language that's normalized around it. I'm excited to, to report to young people who questioned this. Cause I see it come up a lot now on Twitter where it's like, she, you know, it, it's a me. she's memeable. And it's like, no, but this is the language in which she was explained to us.
0: Well, in, in it, the fascinating thing about Gwen Stefani watching Gwen Stefani, singularly and specifically every once in a while, a clip from an old Gwen video will go around on Twitter and there will be this incredible reaction where there's a large contingent of people Um Non white folks who will be like, mm, the girls just aren't appropriating like Gwen Stefani anymore. <laughs> like, man, she yeah. really, she really ate that cultural appropriation. Like, the, a, and there's a sort it. of, a, there's a sort of like, she's like the urtext of pop cultural appropriation. And it was I so, I spit out my drink. It was so thorough and complete and lawless. Like, she was like, it wasn't like this look is a, this look is inspired by a Chola aesthetic. She's like, I'm going to be a Chola in this video. I I'm a German am puppet. I'm a German puppet.
1: Hi. I am a
0: Harajuku girl. Yep. yep. I am. I have a bindi on. It's 1999. Yes. Like it it's is. Like
1: Gwen Stefani wrote, "It's a small world." Once and
0: was like, <laughs> yeah. found my identity. Yeah. All of these. BTW, and did you hear
1: that they're closing that down? To, like, update it. Oh, wow. I just took one of the last rides through it. And I gotta tell you... I'm honestly
0: jealous. That's kind of something where I would, like, I would want to mentally map what that looks like before revisions. Because I would imagine it's like a, well, maybe this is rooted in some things we shouldn't be memorializing still. And, like, that's why they're going to update it.
1: Yeah. I'm curious to see what changes they'll make um, because I guess Gwen Stefani is on the board, the advisory board, and just the head of all of this. She's not. Um,
0: I was going to say, that's you lying. That's you (laughs) lying. That is me lying.
1: Right now. The last thing I'll say is there is a section on Mandy Moore, and I can't tell if this first sentence is a drag because it is how we felt, I guess. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But listen to this. Mandy Moore, classic with a twist. The thing we love most about Mandy Moore is just how amazingly normal she is.
0: Oh, they absolutely loved that.
1: Okay, they absolutely yeah. loved that's, that. that. That's yeah, that's real, right? They were like, oh yeah, down to earth. One. Well,
0: especially since it's people. You're right. Like this is not. This wasn't TMZ. Like people. People was and remains an access publication. Uh, they're okay. not. They're not. They're not sh- shading Love the it. people that they're covering.
1: Although teen people, you know, they got a little edgy. Well,
0: teen people. Na- teen. Teen Vogue now. They've developed oh, a bit of a Vogue? personality. No, no.
1: Teen people sneezed so, sneezed so Teen voked run. Like, yeah,
0: it really, that is such an incredible document that you have in your hands there.
1: Thank you so much. I, I do feel like as historians, it's important that sometimes we um, review artifacts. Mm-hmm. And today we had a full archaeological uh, dig at the start of the show. So thank you.
0: Okay, so I just have to, Lam... Harajuku girls, Love Angel Music love Baby. Love Angel Music Baby. That came out in two thousand and four.
1: Okay. So that
0: has to be like a two thousand and four, two thousand five publication. This
1: can't be past two thousand five. When was no. winded up? Because there was a picture of her looking very Dutch, but also <laughs> I I also feel like that could just be a coincidence because she had the Love Angel the lamb um throne behind her, and you don't you don't recycle that throne.
0: Right. Okay. The album's lead sing Wind it up, uh yodeling track 07. Uh it was released uh, as the album's lead single on October 31st, 2006 from the yeah. album The Sweet Escape.
1: I'm going to say this is 04. This has to be 04 based if on the descriptions we had. If it's
0: specifically had, talking about the the Harajuku mm-hmm. era that I You're right. I wouldn't imagine they would be late to that. You're right. So that uh, no, they no, want to no. be right on the ball.
1: Yeah, uh, they were so like- yeah, I
0: would call that a, wow, that is so, that's, that we're there's no burnout yet at all. We yeah. are, the roller coaster of the 2000s is still going up, 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 Click, up, click, 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 click. Yeah, that is, I, she is, I, there's there's not been enough scholarly work done. Like, I need, I need dissertations on the specific fact of Gwen Stefani's existence in the pop cultural landscape as a figure that just isn't even viable for reappraisal. It like there isn't like a it's time to talk about Gwen Stefani in the 2000s. We all just have to like throw up our hands and be like wow. That's who we were. Like what? it yeah. <laughs> there's it's so self-evident it's so textual there's nothing like it's so textual how indicative of the of of a specific way things were very bad in the 2000s with this pop star who's like whose bops we still sing and who is generally just like a very banal public figure at this point off married to Blake Shelton possibly like very Catholic now uh yeah what a we didn't memory hole Gwen. We just like all agreed. We uh we simply have no nothing more to say on the subject.
1: It, it, you know I'm gonna be real. It's a I'm always I will forever be conflicted about it because like yeah. because I you know when she sang the words "Take a chance, you stupid hoe."
0: Yeah, <laughs> I gotta say amazing. Listen,
1: I was considering. I was working at Borders at the time. I mm-hmm. had dropped out of high school i didn't have i was making myspace videos very successfully but they weren't monetized at the time and it's like i was like i feel like i can do more and i i swear to god this is so cheesy but like that played on the overhead in our six cd changer all the time and it was all a song about her trying something different and it's Mm -hmm. like hey maybe this record isn't gonna work but i'm gonna do it yeah and it was part of the vibes i kind of embraced to be like you know what yeah i do feel that talk that clock ticking and i want to do something and um, and it started me off in this direction of like getting my education and figuring out what's next. And it was a long journey to get to where I am now. Gwen said,
0: um, "Gwen said, what are you waiting for?" Yeah, quite plainly.
1: Gwen said, "Take a chance, you stupid hoe."
0: You stupid hoe, and she was right about that.
1: And I said, "Boop, ten minutes, ten short minutes until Border of South Coast Plaza will be closed <laughs> at evening."
0: <laughs> ten short minutes.
1: We always said short, even though they're you know all minutes are the same length, but. No, I think that's a good.
0: No, that's a good way to just let people know, like, no, we don't want you here. Yeah, get going.
1: Go. So, hey, thank you to listener and friend Alicia for uh, sending me this uh, get well package. uh, Amazing. And what I can't think of a better way to not. There's no way to connect that to Halloween.
0: No, there's. We are because we haven't even said the name of what we're talking about today. We're talking about. We're talking about Halloween ends. Halloween ends. Yeah. So
1: this means one of two things. Either. You came here because you typed in Halloween ends and you're like, I need to hear somebody talk about it. Yeah. Then You didn't get it yet.
0: Yeah. You
1: might might be gone. You might be gone. You came here because you were like.
0: I might even, when I post this, just put a timestamp and be like, if you want to hear us talk about Halloween, like we do a lot of preamble, but if you just want to hear people talk about Halloween ends shortly after its release, here's the minute where you can find that starting.
1: Here's what, here's what I'm all for that. I can't wait until like every straight dad listens to that whole preamble and is like these guys get it <laughs> <laughs>
0: these guys these these guys get it we get it
1: we are here to talk about i'll say it my favorite halloween great i
0: this is oh this is a tops for this is a top contender for me for sure
1: i've been thinking a lot about my order because you know it's an important thing in horror twitter is to post yeah. your order and then have everybody fucking hate you yeah <laughs> yeah and uh and you you know you know me. I, I okay, up at the tops for me and I'd love to hear your tops as well. Mm. I love Halloween 2. Give me Laurie Strode trying to escape that hospital and some fucking hot himbo nurse people, all this shit. Give me Halloween 2. Yeah. Um love it. I love Halloween Resurrection. Give me Tyra Banks. I want yeah. her. I'm sad that she dies off screen, but I fully believe she was preparing a bagel because she had a full barista thing going on in that reality <laughs> yeah. show house. Uh, give me t- uh, give me trick-or-treat motherfucker. Give me yeah. the, the birth of reality TV. Halloween Resurrection invented it, as far as I'm concerned. I love that movie. And I think Halloween H2O is also um, a really beautiful portrait of an alcoholic. And so, put all of <laughs> yeah. these things together. Those are probably my faves. How about you? Yeah,
0: I, I, it's it, like it, Resurrection and H2O. And, uh, are like, like in no order it's, but like the, the top pile that I would actually, that I actually like revisit, yeah. uh, resurrection H2O, uh, Halloween, uh, season of the witch is just fun.
1: I think season of the witch is a great time. Temp- season long, of the witch is fun. And it's almost movie. like,
0: but it feels like it's not even like part of this conversation. Cause it's a, it's a spinoff movie. It's, it's a, it's a tangential thing. Right. It's a side universe. Um, much like Halloween Kills is a side universe that has absolutely no bearing on the rest of the franchise.
1: Halloween Kills Um, is over there with Season of the Witch. They don't count.
0: They don't count. But I can
1: can appreciate them for what they are, but I appreciate them, I mean, I like Season of the Witch.
0: Yes, I, I, we are exactly the same on that. So yeah, I would say that (laughs) the, the tops for me that matter at all are H2O, Resurrection, Season of the Witch. And like, I I don't even bring the original into this conversation because I feel like it has an asterisk next to it to me. like it's like Tell me. It well, it's like it's like when you want to qualify something, you put an asterisk next to it because oh, it's like not. It's right. like Barry Bonds' home run record has an asterisk next to it because he was steroids coursing through his body, like <laughs> like there was no tomorrow. Right, so it's right. like yeah, he hit the most home runs in any single season, but there's the asterisk next to it because it was the steroid season, and that was when like everyone was doing steroids in Major League Baseball. So it's like the top with an exception. So it's like. I, I'm not even going to talk about Halloween, the, the John Carpenter 79, in comparison to their Halloween movies, because it's just its own fucking thing. And everything else that came after was doing a take and interpretation, a continuation. I don't think it is actually fair, reasonable, or interesting at all to talk about other Halloweens in conversation with the first Halloween. And I think that's where a lot of conversations about franchises go wrong. When you, like, deviate from numbers one or two, and then you're like, wow, number nine sure strayed from one. It's like... Because it's number nine. Are you fucking kidding me right now?
1: I, I, I'm gonna say a couple of concussion controversial things here. One, I think Halloween fans are the worst. I'm sorry. Okay. I'm of sorry. Of the franchise I fans, would you of say the franchise Halloween fans are the worst? Okay. Halloween's are the most okay. well, well, indisputably Chucky ones are
0: the best. Chucky, Chucky ones are the
1: best. are the best. If you love Chucky, that means that you're you're a real one. Yeah. I, and, I, and I'm not just saying this because I love Chucky or I love uh, Lachlan Watson, who is now playing Glenn Glenda on this season of Chucky. Go check it out. Um, I am saying this as somebody who like, if, if from number two in the series, which was a pretty solid entry, fans were like, T- I guess, I guess, you know, I wasn't around for it. Halloween two came out and people were like, Oh
0: no, this is garbage. Yeah, It's not one. <laughs>
1: yeah. Really? You guys were doing that at two? At two. You guys so were you doing that then, at two. But mm-hmm. you still got your fucking tattoo. You weirdo. Listen, yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you saw two and you were like, this is garbage. And then three happened. and You were like, fuck this franchise. And then you got a Michael Myers tattoo because you love Halloween franchise. Yeah. You don't love the Halloween franchise. You, don't you love, love it. your memory of the first one. Yeah. And that's my problem with Halloween fans. I don't actually think they're fans of the franchise. They own all the Blu-rays and they go online and tell you why all of them suck. Because <laughs> I, you know, it from what I what it seems to be with the timeline, every single sequel to Halloween is a direct sequel to Halloween one. <laughs> really? Yeah. Two, direct sequel to one. Three, one is on the TV. Four, direct sequel to one. Mm-hmm. Because wow. then they kill they kill off. Twenty eighteen
0: direct, direct
1: sequel, sequel to one h2o direct sequel to one
0: wow
1: they they just keep and now look there are arguments made that like four or five six actually do connect things together if you look at it but you can watch them one you can literally pick up any movie and watch one and then the sequel that's a wow. problem
0: if you're that keep is saying it's nuts. a franchise
1: it's not it's all one and everything after it is a part two as far as I'm concerned.
0: So that is why, like, that, like Halloween doesn't even enter into my... Couldn't even enter into a franchise ranking. Because the franchise is de- is separate from one. The franchise is separate from John Carpenter's original. Fair. So That's look at so that classic fair. over there. What a, great, what a great formative slasher. Now let's talk about Halloween movies. Oh, my God.
1: It reminds me of the 50s when they had just, like... It's like, okay, there's Dracula and the Wolfman. But then all of a sudden they're all hanging out. You know what I yeah. mean? And it's like, oh, all these sequels they're not really sequels. It's just that era where we made uh universal monster movies.
0: Yeah, where we just and it was the 80s where we just kept making slashers, where we just kept making more slasher yes. movies. And so, it's tops of the pile are H2O Resurrection and uh Season of the Witch. Uh, literally everything else tied for whatever position I don't give a shit. And then I I I know 2018 2018 seems to have experienced, like, a negative reappraisal. I feel like it has become de rigueur to be like, actually, I ha- hate 2018 now, it turns out. Um, from people who, like, were really actually enthusiastic about it at the time. Yeah, it's I've, so I've weird fun, to that. See fun that. to me. I like Halloween 2018. I had a blast. Uh, it was a total kick. It made me optimistic about the movies that they would make after. Judy Greer's moment in the sun at the end of that movie is fucking fantastic. I like 2018. I would I would put it, like, up there as a fun time with the other ones. But like, ends, 100% up in that stack. If I was planning like a Halloween marathon weekend, I'm playing ends again. I'm watching Halloween ends again. The absolute bottom of the fucking barrel Tell is me. Halloween Kills.
1: Camp, I couldn't agree more.
0: Halloween Kills is the bottom of the goddamn barrel.
1: Halloween Kills reveals the, the sweet, sweet accident that 2018 was, in my opinion. But then, but okay, but actually no, because ends comes back and then it's like, no, there's something here. Halloween Kills is just a giant question mark, and how did this happen?
0: There's nothing, and I, <clears throat> there's an interesting thing that seems to have um, happened in, like, responses to me. I, I found that the through line of people responding to me telling me that Kills matters, because Kills doesn't matter. Um, you can, with the way that they decided to go, in ends with its conclusion. It negates the existence of Kills entirely. You can go from Halloween 2018 to Halloween Ends. We had, Sam had a friend with us at movie night uh, who had never seen a single fucking Halloween in her entire life. Not a single Halloween. I don't remember her ever wondering what was going on. Not once. In Halloween Ends because nope. we got a prologue setting up the entire movie.
1: Yeah, Lori's just like, hey, here's what happened.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The town, the town is bad.
1: She, she not even in a, that's what you missed on Glee kind of like obvious way. Like, in yeah. a, you know, it's, it's like the, the framing structure is she's writing a memoir and, and really easily kind of goes through it. And it turns out you can summarize the events of one and two in just a few sentences. You and can. Honestly, all that comes before it, because when you think about Halloween, it's not a crazy complicated concept. No. Right? And
0: that's, it's part of the original brilliance of it was how simple it was.
1: Who doesn't, love it? who doesn't love a simple concept? You know who yeah. loves it? Hollywood. You can pitch yeah. it in an elevator. You can get it made.
0: The purge. Society goes wrong and someone tries to get into your house. Boom. Here we are, 10 years later. We still we love the purge now more than we did when the first purge came
1: out. <laughs> so I'm gonna address something top of the top of the talking so that it's just out there plain because it's gonna come up. I have seen the very first cut of Halloween ends, and I have seen obviously, multiple times this newest cut. Mm -hmm. I did not like the first cut of Halloween Ends. Right. I love this cut of Halloween Ends. So why I bring that up is Halloween as a franchise has a long history of um, online whispers of better cuts, right? Mm -hmm. So when you look at Halloween 2, which is one of my faves, when I say it's one of my faves, the one I like is the unauthorized cut of the TV and the regular one put together. Why? Because when the theatrical release happened, they cut out all the character stuff. But when the TV one was released, they put it all back in. And it's so fucking charming seeing the people with the hospital staff interact with each other. There's a scene with a boy and Lori when he comes to her room. It's really good. If mm-hmm. you're going to watch one cut, watch that cut. Find the one with the characters. It's online. Mm-hmm. Torrented. Okay. Nobody's going to come for you. It was so long ago. Yeah. They're not, they're not looking for you.
0: <laughs> yeah, they're not The IRS is But they're not Don't be suspicious
1: So After <laughs> that There's the producer's cut Of part six Right mm-hmm. um, and, and and I remember Carrying a torch For this movie For a really long time Because I had torrented it too And you downloaded it Played it for movie night People really liked it And then it came out On Blu-ray And I was like You know what It actually sucks too
0: Okay <laughs> Right Great but it's just
1: Rearranging the information And And what happened With 2018 Reportedly if the internet is to be believed Mm -hmm. is that at the end of Halloween, 2018, Laurie Strode died. She was killed by Michael Myers and they were ready to move on with the rest of the trilogy. Mm -hmm. Originally those films um, were going, it it reportedly were going to be filmed back to back kills, 2018 and kills. Mm -hmm. That plan was scrapped obviously, because that would be a different movie if Laurie Strode was dead. Right?
0: Well, and I think that that's, if, if if that is an interesting, Rumor, especially to me, in that the entire marketing for 2018 and sort of in effect the new trilogy was three generations of Strode's yes. was the effects of this drama not only on Laurie but how it had filtered down to her daughter and her granddaughter. So like they hung this yes. entire movie and and the the bringing back of the the franchise with a new polish on. And like wiping the as the Halloweens do, it seems, wiping the slate clean of the entire rest of the franchise by saying direct sequel to one. And so to to do to have done that, if that was their plan all along, right, to market it that way and their original plan was to kill Lori
1: What does that mean?
0: Wow. That would have been a really cynical way to get people in to kill their heroine. I wonder if that was marketing that they adopted only when they decided to to keep her around then.
1: Now, I don't want to spend too much time on rumors. It's just that these, based on interviews and based on people who have spoken up from the test screening, seem to be supported. But I won't say because they are not confirmed, mm-hmm. we're not going to give them too much time. But just imagine the lens in which viewing this trilogy through. If it is a trilogy that maybe possibly was designed to kill Laurie in the first one, it wasn't pushing three three generations of Strode's mm-hmm. to fight back. Then what does that mean for kills? It means that they would have to hang it on new characters. And what we see in Kills yeah. is we see it the story centered on new characters that we don't really want to follow. And yeah, then we the see... we
0: the movie the movie spends uh, the movie spends an inordinate amount of time with Tommy Doyle and Alison Strode's boyfriend. Yes. The boyfriend from the first one who we learn is a cheating little dickhead. Yes, he is. And then he becomes he's such a
1: hot cheating little dickhead and I a love him in
0: ...protagonist... Ah, of the second film
1: Criminal Send it back I did not get my order
0: No, I, no. This is not what I
1: ordered uh, Yeah No I'm waiting for the grilled cheese and fries Thank you this yeah, is, yeah This is But That's the thing Because I thought what I ordered Was what I got in the first one What everybody was claiming that they loved The three generations of Strode's fighting back What the trailer really What it really hangs the trailer on I mean like fuck We have those investigators in the beginning How fast do we lose them not Yeah Not interested You know yeah. what I mean and like, especially because there's like a very in in 2018, there's like a very charming babysitter. There's a really cool kid. She has a yeah. really cute boyfriend. Not the kid, the babysitter. But how great would that have been, kid with a boyfriend? Um, You know, it's like the characters we're introduced to are kind of funny and they're cool, mm-hmm. but they're not generally living, right? So mm-hmm. <laughs> what we needed was somebody to hang the trilogy on. And for some reason, when Kills came around, they were like, not them, not the Strodes. We're going to give out Al- we're going to have Allison hanging as an accessory to this guys story this yeah. guy you didn't care about. She's going to hop in the truck and follow them around while a yeah. lot of men stir shit up and shout evil dies tonight. Yep. Um, spoiler alert, it doesn't. And yeah. but you know who does? Fucking Judy Greer. Fucking Judy Greer.
0: Judy Greer died that night.
1: Judy Greer dies tonight. Yeah. And what so and and Laurie Strode spends the whole thing in a hospital bed in so,
0: one hospital room in one hospital room. Here's what else,
1: I so if rumors have to be believed, there were there were test screenings of that as well, mm-hmm. and those notes were not taken. Mm-hmm. So they adjusted one to test screening notes, and people loved it. Mm-hmm. But they saw kills and they were like, "No, this is good." So they yeah. went in that different direction, and I don't think it worked. And so what it does is it it skews it, it sends us in two timelines, right? There are Halloween mm-hmm. fans who thought twenty eighteen was pretty good mm-hmm. and they wanted to see more strobe fighting and yeah. and really got disappointed there. I think it set them up to be disappointed by whatever comes next. Yeah. Because there's no way to like part three when you've been done so dirty at part two. There's the other camp, which is like, oh, Halloween kills. That's the best movie since Scream. Like this is this is so everything we've been looking for.
0: It has it has it's very loud defenders and where I part ways with those defenders is very much um that that with the people who defend Halloween kills there seems to be a uh, an attachment to what they feel is the success of like no but it's like a commentary, man. Yes. And the thing about that is is yeah, you're correct. And I think it's a shitty, boring, ham-fisted, overdone overwrought commentary. It's not a commentary I need. It's not a commentary I want. It's a commentary I can find done better elsewhere. It's, it's frankly the, the entire purge franchise is a better commentary on that exact, like the toxic mob mentality that leads to an overwhelming bloodlust that then infects the entire population, et cetera, et cetera. Like, I think we've seen that better elsewhere. So I don't disagree with y'all that, that kills is a commentary. I think it's a shitty commentary Put into a movie that is trying to punch its punch above its weight in this melodramatic way while also being like, then there's a camp of people who are like, yeah, but it's like the bloodiest. It's like, yeah, if it had just been the bloodiest and not tried to give me all that bullshit with the mob overrunning a hospital, then I could have at least had fun. But it's so self-serious and such a tangent. It's a bottle episode. It's it's no it's no less a bottle episode practically than Season of the Witch. Like that is how far afield that movie goes. And I was just, it was excruciating and joyless and then became even worse to me. And you, this is not a podcast and we are not people who spend our time dragging movies down. I, I am offended by how bad this movie is, which is why I make an exception for it. And I think and once as soon as we started watching Ends and it neutralized the entire experience of having watch kills and being affirmed in that it was as much of a waste of time as I had felt like it was in the moment was hilariously even more offensive to me, at the existence of kills. That you could just wipe it off the map entirely.
1: Which is why, which is what brings me to this, which is I think Halloween Ends. Is set up to disappoint literally everybody It kinda is Because unfortunately... If you were if you were a fan of 2018, you already had it spoiled. If you were a fan of Kills, they tell you immediately off the bat. And hey, guess what? Kills didn't fucking matter, you dumb fuck.
0: <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> whatever, we're, you know? we're we're getting only... like we're actually all those characters we introduced in Kills they're they're not actually going to be in this. Like Lindsay will pop up again, but she's going to be just as much of a side character as she was before. But hey, guess what? We're going to give you a brand new. We're going to Tommy Doyle it again, and we're right. going to give you Corey. And Corey, the 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 actor, is giving a great performance, and and like. Et cetera, et cetera, But like, they just do it again. They just give you another principal cast member that makes every principal cast member we just dealt with in the previous movie, um, a footnote. And it's why
1: this is going to sound like a drag because maybe it is, but I think ultimately I'm going to bat for this movie so I can say it. Yeah. I think this trilogy works really hard to, to pull us in, in trailers, mm. um, by advertising that we're going to get to see, three generations of strode's fight back over the course mm-hmm. of this trilogy and i think that then once we're there the bait and switch that we're going to follow a man for almost two hours and his yeah. story and watch those women be accessories to the story um especially when they don't have any agency in a film like kills mm-hmm. it makes it a tough pill to swallow every single time yeah so this is what i'm going to ask of you listener
0: yes. listener
1: leave it all at the door today <laughs> you
0: have to you have to like that's Let's, kind of the contract of kill of ends yes you have to leave it all at the door
1: i would like to discuss halloween ends as a direct sequel essentially i mean i'm not i'm not divorcing it from the other stuff because there is lore that we need to discuss there are connections that we need to make and there are things yeah that and i'm, I'm less on.
0: interested in lore and just the fact that like this is happening the only thing you need to know for ends is that there were more murders and people are sad again like is that it's a bad place there are bad things and like hey this the only thing that stops it from being a direct sequel to 1 is that it's just a renewed sadness and trauma from more murders happening in 2018 everything else is just is just details it's just kind of superfluous i,
1: I think i think if you if you want to give this a shot and you already saw it and you're still not quite sold and that's why you're listening great mm-hmm. just clear clear the baggage that you brought into this podcast and let us let us hold your hand and walk you through it but if you're new and you just want to celebrate like we are, or whatever, how wherever you're coming from, I just encourage you to kind of leave that shit at the door because I think there's a really special movie here, and people talk about big swings, and I just think it takes a lot of swings.
0: Yeah, I don't actually find the swings in this movie to be that particularly big. Um, if if this was a big swing, then Jason Goes to Hell wouldn't have done similar things before it. Like, if this were like if this were if this were big swings, we would have had like a radical homosexual anarchist like fucking alien show up and lay waste to haddonfield the swings in this movie are not actually big but it just like it blindfolds itself and fucking takes them (laughs) and and honestly the, the the ones it takes to me personally are entertaining enough that's the only reason i show up for a fucking halloween movie is to be entertained and this movie is entertaining it's fun. It's silly. It's an erotic thriller at points, and it, like, yes. like I, I just the that is my anger. It kills is that it felt no fun. I felt no fun whatsoever, and I was Joyless. like, I cannot believe you're making this movie so fucking unfun. And ends at least to me felt like fun.
1: Gosh, I, I think it's so much more fun than the trailer. I've I've seen a lot of online. Let's start there because I've seen a lot of like feedback with on the trailer itself. And people being like, you know, it didn't it didn't advertise correctly what the movie is. And you know what? I hear them. There is a strings version of Carpenter and it sounds fucking bomb. But mm-hmm. you know what you get in the movie is this like score that's like written with guitar versions of Carpenter. And I'm like, mm-hmm. yes, because he's like rock. It's rock Corey and all this stuff. And it's like really cool. The In the trailer, Lori says, but this time something feels different. He's more dangerous. Maybe mm-hmm. the only way he can die is if I die too. Now, that sounds like an interesting movie that we've seen a hundred times. Yeah, yeah. So immediately, like, when I hear that, I'm like, oh, I know what this movie's about. And that's very clear. That's not what the movie's about.
0: No, it's not what the And then about. they
1: proceed to show, the entire trailer is, is Laurie's story. Yes, yes, I get that's what gets people to the door. But unfortunately, mm-hmm. it sets people mm-hmm. up for a disappointment because it's not Laurie's story.
0: No, it, it's Corey. Well,
1: we're getting Corey's story. Yeah. Um, Corey Brode. I'm just kidding, I don't know what his last name is. But wouldn't that be funny? Might as to well be. Too? And um and and, and and truly and and Jason goes to hell ish. Yeah. And people are like, Oh, this is the Jason Goes to Hell the franchise. Thank God it's the Jason Goes to yeah, Hell. Yeah, my favorite franchise.
0: Jason's guys are Goes to Hell Takes Manhattan and X.
1: Great entries.
0: As Margot said on the that episode, Jason takes a boat. Jason My favorite entries boat. are Jason Goes to Hell, Jason takes a boat. Love Jason and, on
1: vacation. Is and what Jason and X. You. you love Jason <laughs> when he's traveling. <laughs> you want jason you want jason anywhere you want jason uh at the mile he's not a
0: road trip movie oh jason road trip <laughs> yeah get
1: get me jason hang gliding i don't know any any mode of transportation really jason something unconventional a jason on like a cycling adventure <laughs> um, his legs just fall off so i what what it's what i'd like to talk about too is the opening being maybe the best opening in a horror movie in years.
0: Hands down, that op- the I I feel like the the bipartisan reality, the bipartisan issue I want to be true of Halloween Ends is that that opening is fucking outstanding. That opening is fucking outstanding. That opening. No matter what other Halloween is your favorite Halloween, I don't give a fuck. you got to give it up for that opening in Halloween yeah. Ends. Shit, man. <laughs> Even th-
1: that opening is is so tight. We were watching it together, and you were like, "Rewind that."
0: Rewind, and and it's a, it's like a movie night. It's it's a informal movie night rule. We don't we don't, we don't rewind. rewind. Not but Sam night. was like, "I don't rewind, and I am going to rewind." <laughs> like, and we all, even knowing what was coming, we all screamed just as even more loudly the second time when we fully realized what we were watching.
1: That opening says you are incapable hand friends hands friends. Yeah,
0: it's it's so good
1: because we have Corey Cunningham babysitting some shitty kid named Jeremy who, by the way, does have one good line when he says because like uh, Corey's like because it's been a couple years since the original kills and Corey's like the boogeyman's not going to get you. And he's like, Mm -hmm. he's not going to get me. Michael Michael Myers kills babysitters, not kids. I love that. Yes. Fucking drag Corey. <laughs> uh, right off the bat let him know that he's dumb for thinking the thing that everybody's thought for 10 movies or whatever you mm-hmm. know what i mean it's like yeah. yeah he's not gonna this kid is in no real danger i love that so to end the sequence with that shitty kid locking Corey in the attic having cory kick the door open yeah throwing the kid over the balcony to his death oh, in front of his God. parents
0: you, like right there they're right there
1: what a twist <laughs>
0: It is, it, it's so, it's a perfect horror cold open. It's, you think you know perfect. what's gonna happen, and then it shocks the fuck out of you, and it doesn't happen. Like, in the, the, the Scream 5 entry was so good, because it's exactly what a Scream 5 entry is, um, but extra brutal. Like, the way... Jenna Ortega's bones break in that opening. It's like, "Oh wow, we're we're fucking serious this time." And then we find out that she lived and we understand that everything that we brought all of our assumptions in has been turned on its head. Yes. And you're watching this and you're like something bad's going to happen and that kid might even die, but it's going to be because Corey opens the door and sees that kid on a fucking skewer with Michael holding him in the air. That's not what happens. And so it really like it it does such a fantastic job of giving you all the things that you expect and then coup de gras with something you absolutely did not see coming
1: every moment in that opening you're waiting for michael myers to be in the house or around the corner they've really yeah. set it up well the knife disappears it really feels like he's there and he as a babysitter is going to have to defend this kid i the last time and now you know I, I love to throw a little shade here and there about things that i've read and i keep joking about you know best movies in screen but the my first reaction when i saw that intro i was like man that's the best intro to a slasher since screen <laughs> because what it made me think of was the feeling I got watching Scream, which was, oh, shit, I don't know what I'm about to watch because yeah. this is different.
0: And it's 100 percent true that we you couldn't know when you start Halloween ends what you're about to watch. No. When that when is it's at, and completely the,
1: true. You get that title sequence with pumpkin inside a pumpkin inside a pumpkin. It is the fucking Russian doll of pumpkins. Total
0: title sequence is great. Great
1: title sequence. So it's like, OK, they're coming out swinging. And then here's what you're not ready for. This movie is 1990s The Guardian in its editing style. You are going to get an hour's worth of movie in about 25 minutes. Yeah. Everything happens at breakneck speed.
0: Yeah. Because they have to erase and reset the entirety of Halloween Kills. Yes. They have to be like, and that's a, people telling me, well, no, you have to watch Kills to know why Haddonfield is bad. Oh my God,
1: skip it guys skip it
0: we know why Haddonfield's bad Lori explains it to us in the outset and then we never see again in the rest of the movie that Haddonfield is bad we n- we don't we see never fucking see it. we don't see barrel fires and in intersections we don't see shelled out buildings boarded up we don't see bread lines we no. see a normal like probably kind of economically depressed Midwest town that that exists in this real world without Michael Myers and without towns besieged by morality mobs. No, it's just a normal town it's a that's like town. not exactly thriving, but like hanging on. So the idea that you need to know why the plague of evil has infected, you don't actually. You, don't. you just need to know that a town is g- is coping with a a catastrophic tragedy on the order of something we just don't ever experience in real life. <laughs> that's what you need to know. And we cover it, covered. Lori
1: I, you know what? I gotta tell you, I fucking hate narration in movies. Usually, I don't mm-hmm. like when we have a narrator in the onset because because a lot of times what they're saying doesn't add to the story itself or give you anything you don't normally have. Mm-hmm. But I think that Lori's. I would read Lori's book. I would read Sydney Prescott's <laughs> "Out of Darkness." Book. Out of Darkness, and I think Lori Strode is having her "Out of Darkness" moment. She went. On the oh, this floor. is her "Out of Darkness." She saw for Sydney sure. do all that, and she was like, "You know what? Sydney did it. I can too." She's mm-hmm. working on her memoir, and she says, "I I got this quote because I I think it specifically addresses what you're talking about." In the years that followed, the people of Haddonfield descended descended into a plague of grief, of blame, of paranoia. The suffering Michael caused became an infection, passing on to people who never even crossed his path. And not a mask in sight, guys. So it tells you one thing. And as the town turned in on itself, I made a promise not to let fear rule my life anymore.
0: And then she's in and then she bought sets. a house.
1: Yeah, bitch went out and got what she wanted because you she know got what? that
0: insurance settlement from the fire at her place that she started. So she probably shouldn't have got that insurance settlement. Right. And then she bought a nice Victorian.
1: But good thing she did. Somebody, somebody at that insurance company hooked her up, hooked her up.
0: <laughs> oh yeah.
1: Yeah. She um, had a
0: friend on the inside. Yeah.
1: Somebody in there was like, listen, you had you've been doing this for 40 years. We gotta cut this lady a break. And thank God. Yeah, she just deserves a little bit of peace. And I honestly, that sentence, that yeah. two sentences, get, that's great. That's that's what
0: everything. I, that covers, covers all it of it. All. Because like a bunch of kids like at least a dozen people die in like 2018 and children. Yeah. Grief turned the town dark. Like people yeah. went inward. They went fucking nuts. Like, yeah, that's all I need to know.
1: That's it. And I, I truly think actually in some ways, I think Halloween Ants might be stronger if you skip it, because this is a really poetic way to see all that. I think and, so too. Um, and so Whereas lo- there's
0: no poetry to kills.
1: No. And, and Lori is starting her new career as a poet. We support this. Yeah. Yeah. And, so when we get to the ga- when this what what is it the gas station bullies is actually like when we get to the gas station thing so basically some band kids who are the most popular kids in town this marching movie band That's turns how you know marching movie
0: band kids into violent bullies and that is frankly hysterical.
1: have you ever wondered what Michael Myers suffering as an infection looks like it is the lead of a marching band kid in overalls yeah bullying a hot guy
0: bullying an adult.
1: Bullying an bullying adult. Bullying
0: an adult. Like fucking 16 year old marching band kids bullying an adult.
1: That is a. Listen, that's darkness if I've ever seen it fall on a yeah. table. Breadlines. Fuck it. Marching band bullies.
0: Yeah, marching band warriors. Like, here they are.
1: So these kids want Corey to buy them beer, and he's like, no. And they're like, ah, you're awful. You know what I mean? Or whatever. Yeah. And Lori Stroke comes out, and she's like, hey, assholes, get the fuck out of here. It's great. And they have. Their line like they they were like, Oh, this the psycho and the freak show. And it leads us to this moment where Lori, when she's like really having her meet cute with Corey and she's like, Yeah, Are you the psycho or the freak show? <laughs> and then Lori proposes that they deflate this kid's tires while he's inside with a knife. And you know what? That is my favorite Lori Strode scene I may have ever seen.
0: It's it's a great it's a great scene. It's nice to see it's nice that I'm. I'm glad that this movie, um, despite it being Corey's movie, I'm glad that this and and not a Strode's movie, uh, that like she gets to be just sort of sardonic. Yes, and not like because yes, like I I I appreciate what 2018 did with putting her like in the shell of fear and grief, and but it's like yeah. Also, let's let her be like a brassy old bitch. Yes. Like, oh my god. Yes let's actually just like give her that room to be that where she's not just like constantly like with a worried expression on
1: it's so nice to see her be able to be just to have something to her instead of just sadness or grief or anger yeah. or trauma like she's actually like yeah i went through it but fuck she's those kids.
0: out of darkness
1: she's oh my god she's out of darkness
0: She's out of darkness because wow. she read Sydney's memoir. Because Sydney's sorry, memoir came out 10 years ago.
1: I'd like to readjust what I said earlier. Halloween Ends is not a direct sequel to one. View it as a direct sequel to Scream 4. <laughs> yeah. And the only reason, because fuck yeah. me, wow, this is connecting.
0: Fuck me, wow. Fuck <laughs> me, wow. The only thing we're missing at Halloween Ends, honestly, is book publicist Allison Bree.
1: Yes, and you know what? If but if book is lit says, agent
0: Allison Brie. If
1: lit agent Allison Brie was here, she would have never let Lori do do what Lori does next. Because no. Lori, Lori's like Lori earlier. She says to Allison, you know, her granddaughter who she's living with, and her granddaughters a nurse now. Really cute nod to part two and all of that like hospital stuff. Because this is just you know it's always going back to the hospital. Um, by the way, also though, after that terrible hospital experience in Halloween Kills, she's like, I'm going to be a nurse.
0: I'm going to be a nurse. Yeah.
1: Lo- I mean, listen change happens from the inside and Allison said (laughs) I'm up for it (laughs) so Allison's like Lori's like you go into the Halloween party you should like meet people or be out there or whatever and she's like no I don't have a date so Lori sees chocolate milk broken glass hand guy who's been bullied outside of the gas station is like that's the bar
0: yeah that's I I do love that this this um terrified overprotective to the point of being a prepper grandmother in a smooth three years well like this is how Lori was acting in her prepper manner when when michael was in prison oh
1: my god you're right but michael
0: free and just out in the world and no one knows where she where he is she's like fuck it i'm living my life i'm living free or i'm dying hard and like now with michael in the wind she's like you know what allison You should date this stranger who I only know because I saw him get. I I helped pick him up off the ground in a gas station parking lot earlier. Literally, you two might make a cute couple. And this movie, the the most ridiculous thing about this movie is the pace with which it shoves down our throats the like Mickey and Malloryification of like (laughs) a sudden erotic union between between Allison and Corey.
1: You got to look at the way Allison looks at the back of Corey's head when he shows up in the ER. They don't, it's not even the front of his face. She sees the back of his head. We get a close-up of her.
0: And she's like, I'm going to fuck she's that like guy. She's
1: licking her lips and blowing yeah. kisses his way. And that means it's probably going to be today.
0: And that I, means it's probably going to be today. Because she's Allison
1: like, is ready to show grief her tits.
0: Yes, yeah, she She's going to take off her top, just like Grandma said. Yep. And that's what she's going to do. You know,
1: I, there's a lot of you know oh of course somebody wrote like this is a terrible line for laurie or whatever you know what i fucking love no, that I,
0: line that old that old bitch would say that yes
1: absolutely
0: Strode, that old woman are you kidding me that yes she, i
1: would if you told me that like like nev campbell on the set of scream five improv i'm sydney fucking prescott of course i have a gun if you told me that she that jlc improv <laughs> sometimes you gotta rip off your shirt and show grief your tits or whatever like
0: it's yes. something I'm frankly surprised she didn't say at a public screening of this when she was on stage introduced. That is something. Do
1: you remember when she came on stage and she was like, I don't want to be here?
0: When she, yeah. When she was like, I don't want to be here. I'm going to bed. Yeah. That is something that Jamie Lee Curtis introducing Halloween kills at a film festival screening would have fucking say. said. Yeah. So that is complete. I, we were at a dear and wonderful friend's wedding recently. And I was like, oh, it was so good to talk to your grandma. And she was like, she looked suddenly nervous and was like, how was that? I was like, oh, she was great. And our friend was like, that's so good to hear. She's not always the most appropriate. That (gasps) grandma, she might've said that too. That great. Like grandma say shit like that. And we shouldn't pretend otherwise. Oh
1: my God. I asked her grandma to get coffee when she's in LA next. I hope she (laughs) says something inappropriate (laughs) then.
0: (laughs) I'm saying the the odds are high. <laughs> I love grandmas.